0: and a half maybe two months on study reflection worship study revelation Holy Spirit what do you want to say to the house about this where you want us to go sometimes it's just I don't have that I don't have that that luxury but as I was starting studying worship I, I begin to see uh, no one has really written any books about worship that are worthwhile that if, if you go to Amazon there's no real books on worship there's no real real information about worship um, outside of a worship service. You have a couple of articles, you know, a couple of uh, crosswalk and things like that. You may have a couple of articles about worship. So I said, okay, God, obviously people don't know what worship real, real worship is. And we haven't been taught how to worship God correctly. So I, I just began to lay before God and said, teach me about worship. What do you, now, if God wants us to worship him, then obviously he can teach us what he wants. Because most of us think about it. If, if if you say, well, you know, this this person is not my preference for a relationship. I ah, don't like don't really like her. Don't really like him. It's all because you have a preference. If a, if a person comes up to you and says, hey, I'd like to get to know you better, and you're single. <laughs> 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 let me just let me because you know I got I have to say that a lot because people be like, well, Bishop said, if you're single, <laughs> if you're single, <laughs> I'm with you, brother. Bill. Hallelujah, glory to <laughs> God. Glory to your name, Jesus. If you're single and someone comes up to you and says, I want to get to know you better. I'm interested in you. I think you're beautiful as a sister or a brother. I think you're very handsome. I want to get to know you. I see some qualities in you that I'm interested in. You can tell at that moment. Y'all real quiet. Sometimes you you can just tell at that moment based on how they came to you, based on how they're talking. It's like, oh. And it... This is not going to work, right? Why? Because you have a preference of what you desire, what you like. Let's say you say, okay, look, we can go out, we can go to lunch, we can go to dinner, and then over the next four weeks, if you don't say what you desire from that relationship and what you want to get out of that relationship, if you don't make those the ground rules from the beginning... Then you're gonna, you, you, if from the beginning, if you don't make the ground rules of what you desire out of the relationship from the beginning, then the relationship will be everywhere. The person will cut, will feel, they, they will feel like um, they don't have to be engaged in it because you never put an emphasis on if you're gonna be in a relationship with me, we gotta talk on the phone. Oh, well, y'all quiet. If you're gonna be in a relationship with me, we're gonna have to spend some time together. I don't do texts. We don't communicate through text. I need to hear your voice. You have to make the effort. We're gonna have to, see See, most of us, when it comes to um, worship to God, most of us have not really understood worship because we don't put emphasis on the relationship too much. How, how are you building relationship with God every day? What, what does he put as, spec, as, as stipulations on the relationship so that you can receive from him? What do you tell them you need? We don't, we don't spend time like that. Our, 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 most of, most of the, the Western church mindset of a relationship with God is, Father, I need you to open up this door for me so I can get this job, and I bless your name and tell the world you did it in Jesus' name. Give me this car, God. Oh, God, I'm going to the car dealership. I'm walking around the car ten times in the name of Jesus. Whew, hallelujah, I'm going to speak in tongues at the dealership around this car. This is my car but most people don't know God. We don't know him because you, you, you don't reverence him and you're afraid of him. So how can you really worship a God you don't know? How can you spend time in his presence if you don't know what that means? How can you spend time loving on him because fe- worship comes out of fellowship and situations. Yes. So we said on Sunday, how many things has he bought you out of that you're able to be reminded of so that when you come back and spend time worshiping him, telling him about his worth, from out of, your, out of you comes everything that he is. Yes. Somebody say, that's worship. Yes. All right, so, so uh, Hebrews 13 and 15, it says this, Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise, the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Do me a favor, Shaq. Uh, I, I'm going to need my charger. I, I don't know what happened. My, my, my thing was on probably the whole time. Nobody uh, closed it. All right. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. We said on Sunday that worship is a way of life. Say worship, worship is a way of life. It is daily giving yourself to God. Right. Daily giving yourself to God. We went further and said that it is knowing the worth of God and expressing it to him and to other people. Right. So, so if you're going to worship God, you can't be ashamed of who he is to you. Right. If you're going to be a real worshiper, you have to have had experiences with God. You might need an extension code if it's going to fit. I don't know if it's going to work. But uh, if, if you're going to be a true worshiper of God, you're going to have to have had experiences with God, and you're going to have to know who he is to you, and you're going to have to have... Maybe we can get, a, get that, that little table right there and just put it on there. You're going to have to know who he is to you, and you're going to have to have had experiences with, with, with him that, that, that lets the world know who he is. You know, people are, people are dying and going to hell and dying without Christ. Meanwhile, we're at work, we're going to the supermarket, and I heard, I heard a preacher say this, it might have been, uh, might have been um, um, uh, Bill Maxwell or someone said, that, that worship is not about you, it's about God. So much so that even when you're doing your daily functions, I'm going shopping, but while I'm going shopping, is my mind more on my list rather than encountering somebody so I can share Christ with. So a lot of us, um, life for us is about us. Life for us is about us. Say this, everybody was designed to worship. Everybody was designed to worship. Every person was designed to worship, Christian or non-Christian. We were made to worship. We were made to worship. And, and, And everybody does worship something. Everybody worships. Everybody worships. The Christian, the believer, the Buddhist, the Hindu. Come on. Everybody worships something or someone. Sports fans. This is, this is, this is a good time for the sports people because this is, this is playoff time. When you're watching that game and you're in there, oh, come on, man. It's worship. Why? Because, because it means enough to you for you to give your attention, your time, your energy, your voice, your mind, your fingers. Because when, when, when Curry makes a shot, oh, I told y'all. Football season comes, you in high worship for your team. Everybody worships. Teenagers worship when they go to a concert. And they see Beyonce on that stage, and they, ah, they're passing out. They worship it. It, it's worship. Everybody worships. You know what? We worship food. Y'all real quiet. I got some news for the food worshipers. We're going on a fast, but I'll tell you about that at the end of the <laughs> For the food worshipers, y'all are like, oh, Lord, I came on the wrong night. No, you came right now. So we worship food. We worship sports. We worship music and musicians. We worship our comfort. Think about this. Anybody ever ever had a remote like to your, your TV or to your, your fire stick or something like that and you lose it or your Roku or your stick and you lost it and you was upset because it was like, Lord, what am I going to do? Oh my God, what am I going to do? It just, it nags you. Or, or, or if your internet went out at your house, it's like, how am I going to live? What am I going to do? What's going to happen? Oh! Your phone service goes, goes it, it, it just goes blank for a minute. T-Mobile having having an issue, or Sprint, somebody having an issue, and you're like, "People are upset. Life is over. I can't. I cannot see Facebook." (laughs) So we, we we worship comfort. We worship control. We worship our power. We worship achievement. Uh oh, here's a big one for Virginians. We worship our jobs. We worship We worship um, uh, money. Yes. We even worship relationships. Yes. But the truth is, everybody say this, God calls us to worship him. To worship him. He, commands he commands it. He desires, it. He, desires he it. He it. he pursues it. Say this, he deserves it. He deserves it. And then watch this, he rewards, he rewards it. All right, if you're taking notes, write this down. Self-centeredness destroys worship. Self-centeredness destroys worship. When your focus is on you, it's hard for you to get off of you and worship Him. Anybody ever had bills due or something, and you didn't have enough money, and you're just thinking about how you're going to pay the bill? I've been there. I understand that. What do you do most times? You're thinking. Your mind. You're at work. You can't hardly work hard because you're thinking about. And then if I call me, who, who can I get into? Uncle Uncle Bobby said he he always got my back. Let me call Uncle Bobby at, at my on my on my on my on my on uh, my, uh, my uh, time off work. Oh man! Oh 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 oh! I can I can do this. I can do some Uber Eats. I can I can I can do Uber. I can do I I I there's something I can do this weekend. Our minds are going. Because what we what most of us are not doing that because, now I'm, I'm going to say something. Most of us are not like that because we want to be good stewards and pay our bills on time. Most of us doing that because we don't want to not pay the bill and get something taken away from us. Y'all real quiet tonight. Come on. Come on in this non-steward church. Come on. Come on. Honestly, think about this. When is the last time you wanted to pay your bills on time because it, it shows God you are a steward over what you got in your hands? Most of us, most of us, especially when it seems like something is going to be late, we don't want that. I don't want that on my credit. Why? Because there's something else behind that. Right. I want to get a house. I want to get a car. I don't want. I don't want a bad blemish on my credit. Right. But we we don't we don't honor God by saying I I want to pay my bills on time because it's worship to Him yeah, when I'm a good steward over what He put in my hand. That's worship. Yes. It shows people that you can be saved. And handle money. Okay, y'all are going to, like, I, I don't know about that. Say this, self-centeredness, self-centeredness. Destroys, worship. destroys worship. If your life is only about you, if all you think about is you, if all you think about is your needs getting met, if all you think about is, 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 is getting something for you, then Christ has no part in it. So, so when you pray, do you only pray because you need him to do something for you, or are you praying because you want to get in his presence? Right. Yeah. Right. Are you praying because there's something in you that needs to be worked out, or are you only praying because I because I want to? I, yes, I, I know I got issues, but I but I need this. Right. Right. If if that is your if that is your daily, weekly, monthly, yearly M.O. Right. mode of operation, then what happens is. When God wants to use you, you're out of place. All right. In our our society, Western society, most people really believe that God is their servant. We 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 don't say that, but most people act like God is their servant. What do you mean? I come to church to show God that I'm a good Christian so that when I pray, He can't tell me no about what I'm asking for. I live holy so that when I need something from God, I can be able to let him know I have lived holy and acceptable unto you. Not not so that we can live holy because what Romans 12 says is our reasonable service. We use use our I didn't sin card with God. Come on, y'all, please. We use our I didn't sin card with God so that we can get from him what we desire instead of, just, instead, of, instead of planting the right seeds so we can keep reaping the right harvest. And that's, and that's when worship is about self. Say this, say this to yourself. I cannot serve God, cannot serve God. And, me. and me. You can't serve God and you. In order to truly worship God, you're going to have to deny yourself Pick up your cross and follow him daily. Yeah. All right, so, so, so what does it mean tonight to be a true worshiper? That's, that's all I'm going to deal with tonight. What does it mean to be a true worshiper? What does it mean to be a true worshiper? Let me give myself 30 minutes. What does it mean to be a true worshiper? Because what I don't want to do in this series is I don't want to bombard us with a thousand points and a thousand things of, of, of notes and then you really don't know what worship is or you have nothing to go home and practice. Right. So, so this series is not about how long I can preach and how much I can wow you and how much information I can get to you. It's about me getting you to open your eyes and see, if have I been worshiping God truthfully? And if I haven't, let me start worshiping God. That's all it's about. Because when you really start worshiping God, everything starts coming into alignment. All right. So, so, what does it mean to be a true worshiper of God, and how do I truly worship him? That's all I'm going to deal with tonight. Say, okay. so what, to what does it mean to be a worshiper? and how do I truly worship him? How do I truly worship him? There are two characteristics of of, true, of a true worshiper, two characteristics two, two characteristics. The first characteristic of, of a true, of true worship of a true worshiper is that they practice sacrificial praise. Mm-hmm. A true worshiper. Practice is sacrificial praise. Hebrews chapter 13 and 15, write it down. And this is what it says, "Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that sacrifice of praise. How do we do that? By giving him, number one, the fruit of our lips. Number two, giving thanks to His name. Say, the fruit of our lips, fruit of our lips. thanks to His name. Say it again, the fruit of our lips lips. and thanks to his name. name. According to this definition, a sacrifice of praise consists of the fruit of our lips, say it, the fruit of our lips lips. and giving thanks to his name. That's all I'm going to deal with. That's all I'm going to deal with tonight. Number one, the fruit of our lips. Say the fruit of our lips. Fruit grows from a seed. A seed has to be planted and watered for fruit to come off of, come out of it. Yes. All right? So, so the seeds that we put in ourselves is the word of God. Amen. You have to constantly plant the word of God in your heart, yes. in your mind. You have, to, you have to see it. You have to say it. You got to memorize it. You have to understand it. You have to live it. Yes. Worsh- if you're going to worship and be a worshiper, you have to give God sacrificial praise. But in order to give God sacrificial praise, you have to give him the fruit of your lips, yes. which comes from a seed from the word. I can't truthfully praise God, and this is what most people do, we praise God off of music, but we don't praise God off of what we know. And the only way you know something, that word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Most people don't put the word in so, so their praise is hype, but it's not true. So just because you danced don't mean you praised. Just because you ran and kicked over chairs don't mean you praised. You praise him, watch this, when you offer to him the fruit that comes from your lips based on the seed of the word you put in you, that you watered with your faith. That continues to grow, and the more it grows within your belly, out of your belly flows rivers. Most people, what we do is we don't spend enough time in the word, so when we come to praise, we say, give out of praise. People go to dancing, and, it, and dancing might not be the praise he wants. It might, not be, it might not be the thing that he calls praise. Because here he calls praise, giving him the fruit of our lips. So that means you don't have to yell a praise. You have to have, watch this, a seed that fruit can come from, that can come up out of your mouth, and it doesn't come out bitter, it comes out sweet. It comes out as something that God wants to eat from. So when you praise, watch this, when, say this, when I praise, when I praise God, picks God picks from my praise, from my praise and, eats. and eats. He picks from my, oh God, think of picking an apple or pear off the tree. What are you looking for? The one that is ready. The one that is ripe. Right. Most people give God stale praise because the seed hasn't been watered and grown enough. And if you don't praise him correctly, you'll never worship him right. So watch this. Before I can tell him about relationship issues, I have to first be able to give him fruit from his word. He's looking for somebody who can tell him what his word He says, bring me into remembrance, not of your problems. Not of your issues, not of your bitterness, not of your bad day, not of your life, but bring me a remembrance of my word. So if you can't, if you don't know his word, you're not a praiser. And if you're not a praiser, you'll never be a worshiper. So here's the question I ask you a ribbon questions every sermon. Question is this How much word do I have in me? you got to ask that. How much word do I have in me versus how much Facebook do I have in me? Versus how much Instagram do I have in me? Versus how much relationship do I have in me? How much SAS do I have in me? Versus how much word do I have in me? If you have, if you have word in you, watch this. If you have word in you, the word will tell you what you should and shouldn't do. Yes. Yes. You, don't need no, you don't need me telling you nothing. You don't need OVC, you don't need Pascal, you don't need nobody telling you nothing. The word will speak. But we don't spend enough time in the Word. We, we spend time in the Word when it's convenient. If you're going to... Somebody at my front door. If you're going if to... You, if you're going to... No, seriously, somebody's at my front door. I, I could have seen who it was, but I didn't. Uh, anyway, it's the Ring app. Uh, if you have, a, if you have a praise praised God in the past, watch this, but didn't see anything come from it, it may have been that God didn't receive it. Okay, uh, what happens when you eat, like Sunday, we had good watermelon here. Yes. Whoever picked that needs to needs go on, 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 they need to be the official watermelon picker forever, because that watermelon on Sunday was anointed by God. Anyway, when you eat good fruit, what do you do? Mmm. And it makes you, watch this, if you, if you got the right fruit, it makes you want more. It makes you want more. So if you start, if you become a praiser because you put word in you, the seed of the word, right? Uh, Someone said, "Well, well, well, tell us that the word is seed. The Bible said that the sower plants the seed, sows the seed. And then it goes further and said the seed is the word of God. So the seed is the word. How do you move from seed to fruit? You move from seed to fruit by hiding the word in your heart or your mind. You hide it in your mind and you protect it. Yes. You protect it, watch this, how do you protect it? You protect it from sinful behavior. Yes. Yes. You, you protect it from outside forces who want you to sin. Right. You yes. protect it from the evil one who's tempting you to sin. Yes. And when you do that, you ha- now you have to water that by believing, faith. You water the word of God that you have read, studied, spoken out of your mouth. Watch this. With faith, I believe your word, God. I know it to be true. And you can't say you believe it without saying it and stepping out on it. So, are you truly putting the word in? Are you protecting the word? Are you speaking the word? And has the word been watered enough by your faith to become fruit that God picks from and eats? Because then what happens is the more he gets, the more he wants. And the more he wants, the more he'll spend time with you while more word is coming out. What is this? If you become a worshiper, you first have to become a praiser. But in order to become a praiser, you have to have relationship. And relationship brings you into fellowship. So the question is, how much time do you spend fellowshipping with God? How much time do you spend fellowshiping with God? How do I do that? Through his word. Does the word bore you? Now, I mean, you don't, have to, you don't have to say it out loud, but just ask yourself this. Uh, not at all. You don't Somebody's like, at times. Does the word of God bore you? If the word of God bores you, then you have to fall in love again with the one who sent the word. Yes. Hear me, hear me. Every one of us in here, if we took a poll tonight, every single person in this church from the bishop and apostle all the way down, every person can attest and say, I've been in a, in some time I walk with God, things got majorly stale. Come on. All of us, it's gotten stale. I've been in a situation where I didn't want to come to church. I didn't feel like I had to come to church. I didn't like coming to church. I didn't want to be bothered with church. I didn't want to be bothered with God. I didn't feel like praying. I wanted to have fun. I want to enjoy my youth. I want to enjoy my relationship. I want to do this over here. I want to go over here. I want to go to movies. And all of us have been in a situation, in a predicament, where we didn't want to, didn't feel like, didn't see the necessity for prayer, fasting, reading the word, consecrating, coming to church, working for God, all other things. Right? But, but this is where you start practicing denying you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. If you don't practice self-denial, yes. if you don't practice self-denial, self-denial means you sometimes you got to shut your mouth when you want to say a whole lot. Right. <laughs> Ooh, hello lights, hello camera, hello okay. television in the back. Tell somebody, deny yourself. deny yourself. You got the wrong neighbor because they should have said something instantly to you. Find somebody else and tell them, deny yourself. It's still the wrong neighbor. Find somebody else and tell them, I like, guess, deny, deny you. Tell them, deny you. deny you. Find somebody else and tell them, deny you. Watch this. Fruit, the fruit of our lips. Notice it's of our lips, but it comes from our heart or our mind. You're, now, now let me say this: If your mind is jacked up because your mind is not, you haven't, you haven't have your mind stayed on Him, and He's keeping your perfect peace, then no matter how much word you hear, your mind's going to be in conflict. It's going to be a fight between what your mind is going through and what the word says. And this is where Christians lose it because I know what the word says. I can spit that word. I can tell you, but the Bible said he was wounded for my trying for my iniquity. Just time on my people. And with this stripes, I'm healed, right? Yeah. But you suffering with sickness and crying and think you're going to die, but you know the word because the issue has nothing to do with the sickness as much as it does with the fight of the mind that the enemy brings with the sickness. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> He's a deceiver. So watch this. Who's talking to me right now? Come on. See, see, this is what this is where we don't, this is where this the kind of stuff we don't investigate enough. Eat, watch this. Let me tell you something. The devil's voice a lot of times sounds like your voice. You would think, I'm so tired. That's the devil telling you you're tired. Because you made a vow. I'm gonna read the word when I get home. And then at lunchtime, you know what you're I'm just so tired. You heard that inner voice speaking, and that wasn't that. That wasn't you. That was the devil. And once you confessed it, you opened up the door for it to start happening. Now you're at work dozing off. You ain't never doze off. The boss going come and say you need to go put some water in your face. You ain't never doze off. Why? You open the door to it because as a man thinketh in his heart or mind, so is he. You become it because you thought it. And when you think it, you believe it, so you said it. And once you say it, faith in action produces something. So how much stuff have we said this year that wasn't us, it was the devil? Ooh, I feel like preaching. My God. How many things have we agreed with, thinking we were having a thought, but really it was the devil who was fighting your mind and fighting you with a thought that sounded like you. You know what I do? Whenever whenever a thought hits my mind, I stop and I compare that to what did God say. See, this is how you take thoughts captive. This is why Christians are losing their mind because they're giving their mind over to the devil. Anytime you get a thought, follow that thought with what the word says. But you can't do that if you don't spend no time in the word. Goes right back to, okay, so everybody said the fruit of our lips. Don't let anybody kill your praise. So how do we give God the sacrifice of praise with the fruit of our lips, number one. Number two, we, 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 the second part of sacrificial praise is by giving thanks to his name. Say giving thanks to his name. Listen, listen to Hebrews 13 and 15. Y'all cold? It's just me. Y'all Y'all a little chilly? All right, can we cut that up a little bit? Just two or three? Hallelujah. Hebrews 13 and 15. Listen to this in in the NIV. It says, through Jesus. Ooh, God. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips that openly profess his name. This is Hebrews 13 and 15 from the NIV version. Hebrews 13 and 15. It says, Now listen to these words through Jesus. King James says through him. But the the NIV says it's through Jesus that we continually offer to God sacrifice of praise. By giving him the fruit of our lips that openly professes his name. Say openly professes his name. Openly professes his name. That's worship. Open worship. Listen, listen, in God's, words, God's word translation, the GWT. Through Jesus, we should always bring God a sacrifice of praise. And this is not dancing and, and, and jumping and screaming. He said, through, through Jesus, we should always bring God a sacrifice of praise that is words that acknowledge Him. Yes. Yes. Say, words that acknowledge him. words that acknowledge him, or words that speak His worth. Or worship. Uh, the King James says, "Give thanks to His name." The NIV says, "Openly profess." The, the God's Word Translation says, "Words that acknowledge." Words that acknowledge. So let's go back to the King James, giving thanks to His name. Everybody say, "Thanks to His name." Thanks to his name. This is how you become a sacrificial praiser. Say, thanks to, his name. "Thanks to His name." All right. The word "thanks" in Hebrew it means not to deny or pull away from. Because we would think thanks means, oh, I'm thankful. Hallelujah. Right. Giving thanks to his name means to not deny who he is or to pull away from the relationship with him. Yes. So you give thanks to his name by not denying him amongst people. Right. You go to church, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. Aren't, you, aren't you supposed to be saved? Right. But you don't know whether or not you got power so you can't pray for nobody yet. Y'all quiet. You don't know if you got power. And the Bible says, after the Holy Ghost comes, you shall have power to number one, be my witnesses. That's the first level of power you get after you get the Holy Ghost. Is the power to be a witness. What is a witness? A first, a person that has a first-hand account with him. I was a wretch. I was a, I was a mess.
1: And I came to him and he saved my life. And now I should be able to share that with somebody else with power and authority until they are convinced they need what I got. Yes. That's how you witness. Yes.
0: And after that, now the door is open for prophecy. Yes. The door is open for signs and wonders. The door is, uh, you can, see, you can't go to signs and wonders until you, until you first become a witness. Yes.
1: You have to have encountered him yes. to the point where he has broken your life. Change your mind. Ch- watch this. Change what you were addicted to, and made you addicted to His work.
0: Because when you start witnessing, everybody goes, "You shouldn't go to church because the preacher wants to steal your money, and and, and, and you know people want to do this and this, and the other and this, and." This, and, this. and you can say that sounds good and everything, but I am a witness. See, 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 a witness. Has the ability to go into court, yes. sit on the stand, and win a victory yes. because they had a first hand account right. of something that happened. Is yes. the man in the courtroom who said these words that you said? He's right there. Right. First hand account. I was there. I got it on my phone. I had, see what I'm saying? First hand account. My question is Did he save you? Did he raise you? Did he feed with the Holy Ghost? Yes. Come on. Is, is, is his power in your life? Yes. Did he do something in your mind? Yes.
1: Did he change your wants? Yes. Watch, Has he blessed you? Yes. If, you've, if you've gotten any of those things, you have been empowered by the Holy Ghost
0: to be a witness to somebody, watch this, who is struggling in an area that you have witnessed God come through for you in. So watch this. The best way to be a witness is to find somebody who is struggling with something that God took you out of and brought you out of. So, if you're in an abusive relationship, you find people who are in abusive relationships. You volunteer at shelters where people have been abused because that's the best place for you to witness and share the good news. Come on here. How is the good news? It's only good news if somebody's in it, but I tell you, you can come out of it. And it's only good news if I am the product of you of what you're gonna see when you come out. This is why you can't struggle with your deliverance. Y'all quiet tonight. You can't be struggling with your mouth. You can't be struggling in your mind, but then want to be the poster child for deliverance of the mind. You can't be struggling. You can't be struggling with your mouth, but then want to be the poster child for God will pull you out of anything. There has to be a change that the devil knows in hell. That person I know. Insert your name here. You I know. How how does hell know me? Because I had a bout with him. I was struggling with this thing. This thing was messing my life up. But that demon came out of me. Y'all see. All right. All right, put you all books and stuff down for a second. Put your books, because I I feel something coming on me. Put your books down. Get out of your seat. Go to three people and tell them he will deliver you. Because y'all thought you were going to sit and be pretty night. Come on, find three people. Tell them he will deliver you. And then come on back and sit down. Yeah, he will deliver you. He will deliver you. All right.
1: You know what you just did? You just witnessed to somebody about what God did for you. Ain't no way you can do it in here but can't do it out there now.
0: Somebody shout, I am a witness. I am a witness. All right, All right. So, so, so to give thanks to his name in Hebrew means... To not deny him or pull away from the relationship. Give thanks to his name also means to declare openly. To declare openly. To speak out freely about. To speak out freely about. It also means, now this is the one that got me, to profess oneself the worshiper of one. To profess oneself to be the worshiper of one. Giving thanks to his name means you profess to people and confess and tell people boldly and openly that you are a worshiper of one, him. So how often do you give thanks to his name? How often do you tell people I'm a worshiper of Jesus? All right. Let's counter this because you have, to have a, you have to see this in more than one place. Go to Hebrews 13, verses 14 and 15. Write it down. Hebrews 13, verses 14 and 15 in the NLT. I'm reading NLT. Hebrews 13, verses 14 and 15 in the NLT. Listen to what it says, verse 14. For this world is not our permanent home. Just stop right there. Stop right there. Why are you getting so comfortable down here? Why are, you, why, are you, why are you getting so comfortable? Yes, you need a house. Yes, you need clothes. Yes, you need a... But why is it that if you, if you don't get one of those needs met, your attitude is off? Right. Yes. Woo! So you don't get the hours that they promise you on your job and you're all out of sync. Right. Uh-huh. All out of whack. Right. You, you are too comfortable with this being your home. Right. I don't belong here. Oh, come on. See, our mind is not even right concerning this. We're, we're, the Bible said we are strangers and pilgrims traveling through. I'm traveling through here. Yes, I want a good house while I'm here because I don't want to travel and be on a bre- uh, land on a, on, a, on a bed of concrete. And I do believe God wants you to have the best and live in the best and drive the best and all of that. But when all of those things takes more precedence, then understanding that I am a heavenly kingdom citizen, then what happens is my goal is to get more stuff. And when I go after more stuff, I don't get more of him. Because your heart will be divided. You'll only want more of him when you can't get more stuff. I'm going to say it again. You'll only want more of him when you can't get any more stuff and God will shut doors. Y'all don't like that. See, y'all want this y'all want sweet baby Jesus. You want sweet baby Jesus. Oh, heavenly Father. Sometimes God will move into father who's jealous. And the Bible said he will shut doors that no man can open. Y'all don't like that. He
1: will shut doors that man can't open. But guess what? if you learn how to worship and praise him he will open doors that man can't close see
0: see, watch this because this earth and this world is not my home but somebody say we still win because our ass is the Lord I'm trying to
1: hold this thing together here but I feel something on me this ain't my home but it still belongs to my daddy and the fullness thereof the world they that dwell If you if your heart is more on kingdom assignment than it is on earthly goods and earthly assignment, then everything on the earth, God said He'll give it to you. Why? Because the earth is his footstool. That's the earth is the place where he rests his feet at. Can you believe that everything he rests his foot on, he can take to you? Y'all are missing this. But if my worship of the One who can position and move and mix and move and if the one, if, if 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 my heart is off of Him, then I miss the movement in the kingdom.
0: <laughs> All right, watch this. This world is not our home. I'm just trying to get through this. Watch this. If the world is not your home, then what are we supposed to be doing? He says we are looking forward to a home yet to come. Now. I'm, this is not my home. I'm looking for a home that is to come, right? right? So what do I do in the meantime? Glad you asked. Therefore, this sounds just like this sounds just like our text in Hebrews, right? Watch this. I mean, uh, uh, it sounds like King James. It says, "Let us therefore offer through Jesus a continual, say, continual." This is not supposed to stop, y'all. This is not supposed to stop. When you get money, continual. When you have none, continual. When everything is wonderful, continual. When it looks like everything is falling apart, continual. What is God after? He's looking for diligence. He wants diligence from those who are in the kingdom. Why just continual sacrifice? Of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Write down the word proclaim, proclaim, proclaim. We are to proclaim our allegiance to his name. The word proclaim means to make known, to publish. This is my favorite one to advertise. The word advertise really means to publicize, to make public. You can't advertise something and hide it. I love you, Jesus, at church. Around the saints. But do we see I love you, Jesus, when you're online and they close the line and tell you to get in the other line? Are you still that much in love with him and can you still proclaim his name? Watch this. Even when you're frustrated? (laughs) All right. Uh, To to make known, to publish, to advertise. It it also means to proclaim his name. The word proclaim means it means loyalty. To be one who proclaims his name is one who is loyal. That word loyal means steadfastness or dependability. It also means faithfulness or consistency, or or, or one who is unchanging. The word proclaim also means to have devotion for or dedication towards. So in order to, to just proclaim his name, you have to be willing to advertise him, be loyal to him, be faithful to him, and have devotion towards him. How do you do that? By the life you live. By the life you live. Because everybody who you're around don't know Jesus. So the question I want to ask is this. Do we advertise him correctly? Do we, do we get mad like the world? Do we speak cursings like the world? Do we show intentionality to love people who don't know him through our love and concern for them? All right, so that, that we only got through one. The first characteristic of a true worship is true worship involves practicing sacrificial praise. All right, let me give the second one, then we're going home. Second characteristics of a a true worshiper is true worshipers practice sacrificial living. So if you're going to be a true worshiper, first, you have to practice sacrificial praise. Second, you have to practice sacrificial living. Go to Romans 12. Write it down, Romans 12 and 1. I beseech you. I beg of you. I implore you. The Apostle Paul says, Brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your, if I say reasonable service. reasonable service. All right, so if you read Romans, you're going to find out that in the first 11 chapters of Romans, the Apostle Paul is saying, Look, this is who God is. Right. Read Romans, it's going to bless your life. This is who God is. Here's what God has accomplished. This is what He's telling us, and here's where you fit into His accomplishments. Then, if you go to chapter 12, there's a shift that takes place. The whole letter changes when He says, "In light of all that I've told you about who God is, now I want you to live your life from this reality. You know who He is. You know why He's here. You know what He's accomplished, and you know how you fit into how you fit into that accomplishment." Now that you know all about who God is, why he's here, why you're in him, now here comes a shift. This is where you fit in. He says, in light of everything I said, I want you to start living from this new reality. Say new reality. reality. What he was telling them is this. I want you to shift from doctrine into duty. Don't just have the letter but don't have the work ethic. You know how many people can tell you what the Bible says, but they ain't doing what the Bible says? Because they have doctrine, but they don't have duty. They can tell you what the Word says, but they won't do it. That's really called a hypocrite. Y'all are
1: real quiet tonight. It's okay. You can't tell me what the Bible says, but I can't see the fruit of that in your whole life. Don't tell me to pray but when you pray, I can't feel the presence of God. Don't tell me that in my name I cast out devils, but we ain't seen you cast out one. Come on, there has to be the fruit, not just of doctrine. Doctrine is good, we all gotta have doctrine, you learn doctrine here. But after doctrine, you gotta graduate into doing or duty. Doctrine is the is the basis, or it is the bedrock, or it is the foundation of your life in God. But after you know who He is and you know why He came, and you know that you're a sinner saved by grace, don't stay stuck in that sitting. Move into doing now. He says the doing is present. Present your body. Don't just don't don't just go
0: back to the blood covers. this. that's doctrine. Y'all missing this? That's you know the Lord sees my heart. That's doctrine.
1: But where is duty? Don't give me this. I can control myself. I'm sorry. I cussed you out. No, you got doctrine. The blood gon' cover me. What duty moves you past your excuse? Duty moves you past gossip. Duty moves you past your carnal mindset. Your carnal nature. Tell somebody move past doctrine. You need doctrine, but don't camp there. The apostle Paul was saying doctrine is wonderful. I've, I planted doctrine, but now you can't say on doctrine and have the letter. He said the letter kill it, but the spirit makes alive. You're going to have to have the Holy Ghost and the word of God, because one without the other leaves. you with just, I got the word, but where's the power? I got I, I know the word it says but where's the power behind it where is and they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover where the fruit of the doctrine that you got thy word of I hit in my heart why that I might not sin against thee why because the word hitting in your heart is the doctrine but the duty is so I won't sin it's all over the word I want you to grow up past what the Word says. And Paul said, James, James, the Apostle James picks it up and says, Don't just be a hero of the Word. Because you're hearing a whole bunch of doctrine. He said, but graduate to becoming a doer of the Word. Because a person that hears only sees I'm jacked up. That's doctrine. I know I'm a mess. Because the Word said, no fornicator, no liar, no adulterer, no gossiper. But when do you grow into it? If any man be in that doctrine But in Christ He or she becomes That's duty Why I'm taking steps To be holy I'm taking steps To say no to my flesh I'm taking steps To say no to sin Tell somebody grow up So you can grow out Shoot him a higher.
0: God wants you to move from belief into your behavior being right. From doctrine into duty, from just believing. Even the devils believe and tremble. The devils believe and tremble, so you believe and don't mean nothing. Because you ain't even trembling. They believe and tremble. You believe in sin. Say move from belief into right behavior. Here's what Paul's saying though in chapter 12. All of what I just wrote to you in chapters 1 through 11, I'm appealing to you now in light of all of that to give yourselves wholly to God. Because this is how you worship him. You can't worship him if all of you is not in all of him. I've never seen in all of my life such a generation that puts themselves in everything but God. You you give hours to work, but you rush service. You rush prayer time in your home. Most people don't even pray with their children. Don't, don't, we don't spend time in the Word. We don't spend, and, and not, out of oblig- see this, not, not out of obligation, because that's still, that's still doctrine, but out of love, care, and concern, because I want to I know Him better. Paul said that I might know Him. That's all I want. I want to know Him. Even if I have to know Him in the fellowship of His suffering. Even if I got to suffer to get to know Him, the end result is I just want to know him if I got to go through in order to know him I'll go through it I'm willing to go through suffering to have fellowship with him Ah, do you really want to know do you really want a relationship with him because sometimes it may mean while you're suffering that's when the relationship is really gonna be built when no money is coming when everything is going haywire and, and, and and you go to pray and before you can complain the presence
1: of God shows up and God starts meeting you at the point not of your need but at the point of the relationship. He starts meeting you because he ain't worried about your money problems. He worried about your heart. He wants to know that your soul is getting saved. He wants to know that he has your mind.
0: But that's how you live a life of worship. How do you live a life of worship? Don't be shaped by the world around you. Don't let the world tell you what to think of yourself and the word has no say so in it. Why? Because you've been, you have been. The Bible said crucified with Christ. The Bible said, and your life has been hid with Him. You have moved. Bible said from death to life. Say so that's it. The first two verses of, of, of chapter twelve are an invitation, an invitation to surrender, so that we can live to worship. Verses one and two is a come on, that's what, that's what the apostle Paul said let's go, you've been living on the surface of the spirit you barely come to church you barely pray, you barely speak right, but come deeper come, come closer present unto God your body present your body Yo, say me all of me What he's saying, present your body a living sacrifice. What's what? Why is it why this language? Because sacrifice, in order for it to be a sacrifice, has to die. Paul said, No, 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 it's not talking about a literal death, it's talking about an emotional death, a spiritual death, talking about a death to your wants, a death to your mouth, a death to your mind. Present your body. As a living sacrifice on the altar and presented holy. H O L Y. Acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. This is not something that is a one time thing. I'm going on the altar. God, I present myself to you. This is a daily thing. For some, it's an hour by hour, for some, it's a situation by situation. I feel my flesh kicking up. I'm going to put myself on the altar. Lord, kill this. Kill this in me. I see my pride flaring up. Kill it. My mouth is getting out of control. Mm -mm. I'm presenting myself as a living sacrifice because all I want is, I want you. Now, look at what it says watch this, he says, I, I'm, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. He says, watch this, he says, I beseech you by the mercy of God, present your, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, reasonable service. But then he says this, and don't be conformed to the world. This is how, this is what stops us from being living sacrifices. Because when you conform to the world, you think it's okay to act and react the way you do. Because that's what the world says to do. So he says, don't be conformed to the world, why? So you can continue to put you on the altar. How do you know that your body has to be presented to God as a living sacrifice so that something in you can die when sinful nature flares up? Sinful nature flares up. You're at home, it's two o'clock in the morning, you're thinking about what you can get into, use your imagination. What oh Lord, I'm trying. I'm trying so hard. I'm just trying to live holy. I'm trying to be right. Hallelujah. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. No. Tell God, Lord. I'm putting me on the altar. I'm putting me on. Oh, y'all quiet. I'm putting me on the altar because this flesh. And be specific about what it is. The temptation to fornicate. Y'all are real quiet. The spirit of lust is creeping up. I'm putting me on the altar. Present yourself at the altar so that while you're still living, he can kill what's in you that's not supposed to be there. Y'all quiet. You don't need, you, some of y'all don't, don't, don't need porn blocker. You need to, You need to present yourself at the altar. Present yourself at the altar. Because obviously, this is a problem that I can't get rid of. See, to God is serious stuff. To God is serious stuff to us. It's like, oh, he said porn. Grow up. It's serious stuff to God. Why? Because to God, this is keeping you away from Him. And what does He want more than anything? Your relationship. He wants now. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you how how the heart of God, because when I started, when I started really searching this out and, and dealing with this, I, I started crying. I don't know why. So I'm like, why am I crying for? I'm just, I got I got so hurt with them. I just started crying. And the Lord said, You're feeling me. He said, because I have a church of, of, full of people all across the world. Churches are full. People who say they worship worshiping me, but they ain't talk to me. They haven't spent time with me. They only want what they want from me. They don't come back and follow up with my word. They're not like the Bereans that go and search the word to see if what was said is true or not. They don't do that. They hear a word. Oh, that was amazing. I got convicted in the moment, but they don't let the conviction lead them back to me. And all we do is stay in a loop. A loop of self. A loop of I don't feel like it. A loop of our mouth, a loop of our mind, a loop of our emotions, a loop of all of this stuff. And then we wonder why, because our, our walk with Him is in a loop, why our money's in a loop, why our family's in a loop. You are seeing this way what you're, see, what you're giving Him this way. And in the middle of that cross is where the problem is at. My heart mind, heart mind connection, that's all I'm going to talk about doing worship, Sunday, all I'm going to talk about Sunday is our heart because if the heart is messed up you'll never be a true worshiper we got Christians who are hard hearted it's about them. I don't want to, I don't like, I don't feel, I don't think, I don't know, I don't, I don't. And God is saying, but well, what about what I feel? What about what I want? What about what I desire? Well, what about where I want to take you to? I want to move to Europe. God said, I want you over here. When do we when do we spend enough time in his presence? Look what happens. I, I just want to read through this. I, I'm gonna read this. I just says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed. Because all this has to do with what happened in verse number one: presenting your body as a living sacrifice. How does it happen? By the renewing of your mind. You get on the altar and he works on your heart and your mind when your mind starts getting renewed. Because you want to know what, you want to know what keeps us in sin loops? Unrenewed minds. What, have, what has your mind been so focused on? What is it that your mind, what, what thoughts haven't been delivered out of your mind? What soul ties haven't been broken? You don't believe it. You walk into the mall and have a thought about some kind of sexual experience. Y'all willing to be, come on. Y'all. You could be in the most crazy, you be in I love it. Oh, the blood of Jesus. You have a crazy thought about somebody you had a fight with. Soul ties is not just about, about connecting somebody's sex, it's also connecting with somebody through argument. It's also connecting with somebody through bad experiences. Your mind, your will, your emotions are connected to this, not even to them, to the situation. You have stuff that you can't even, you can't break free from. You keep reliving the argument, keep reliving what somebody said, you are so tied to not the person per se, you're so tied To the issue, some of y'all are soul tied to arguments. You got to ask God to break the soul tie from your heart and mind to the argument. You don't even can't remember what they said. You just remember we were fighting about something. (laughs) You're soul tied to the the argument has your heart. The spirit of argument has your mind. The spirit of perversion is not the person that they had their hips and their breasts and their behind or his. Uh, it ain't that. The issue wasn't even the person as much as it was the spirit. Some people are soul tied to lust, so every lustful situation can pop up at any time. You want to know why? Because you're soul tied to the spirit, not necessarily the person all the time. And you want to know? You want to know what? You want to know what that spirit does? Any other spirits? Whenever you haven't broken free from that spirit, there's a line from that spirit to your heart, to your mind, which causes you to produce more of it. Because as a man or woman, oh, Lord, come on, y'all. Thinketh in his heart, so is he. You start becoming more argumentative, more lustful. more. Come on. Yes. And, and a lot of that is connected to times and seasons. Summertime comes is why most people get pregnant in the summer. Spring and summer. Oh, something in the air. No, it's something in the spirit. <laughs> I'm telling y'all the God's honest truth. There's something that's connected to, to you. There's a spirit connected to you that the soul tie of that has to be broken. In fall, in fall and winter, most people are suicidal and they're sad. Because there is a there is a the, the season. The season, if you're attached... I'm not even attached to the season. Oh, Lord Jesus. I don't even attach myself to... Oh, this is the winter season. I don't attach myself to a season because there's a spirit that's attached to the season. Winter time, Thanksgiving, fall, from fall to New Year's, the biggest amounts of suicides take place because there's a spirit of sadness that's attached to fall and winter so if I connect my heart to the season I connect my heart to the spirit of that season so every season you go through a cycle so in some seasons people get disenchanted with church because that season is connected to a spirit make sense so now, some of y'all need to need to break your soul and your spirit away from certain seasons. And some of y'all stop calling yourself a Pisces and a Gemini and a Capricorn and Libra. And a, stop looking at your stop stop looking at all of these. Stop looking at the what's, what's the stuff? The 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 horoscopes. You are connecting your heart to demon spirits. You claim you claim your Pisces. Watch that fish spirit come up in you. You Capricorn, watch 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 some claws come up out of you. Because all that stuff, zodiacs are of the devil. Y'all don't like that stuff? You're claiming stuff. It's Pisces season. Be careful what you're asking for. That stuff is demonic. You are, well, when I look at my horoscope, it's right. Because the devil, he has information too. The devil got information. And what is he basing his information off of? Cycles, times, and seasons. I know he wasn't supposed to go here, but cycles, times, and
1: seasons. So of course if you're born on a certain time frame, he wants to attach to you that everybody who's born like this goes through that but this is why the bible said if watch this when you come to him he says you become a new creature new creation you ain't a pisces you are a son of god you've been bought by the blood not by your parents time of year that you were birthed in all right
0: i'm past my time I y'all gotta get home don't be conformed to the, no, the world be transformed by the renewing of your mind this is a good teacher tonight share I behind you? is not what I'm trying to get to. This is what I'm this what I get to. This is what he says. Now watch. What did he say in verse one? Present your body a living sacrifice, right? Holy to God. This is reasonable service to God. Presenting your body is reasonable service. You don't get brownie points for telling God, I got an issue in here, and I put myself on the altar. He says, Good, that's what you're supposed to do. You don't get no special blessing for for, for, for putting you on the altar. You don't he said it's reasonable service this is like breathing it's like breathing in the natural so does anybody give you a million dollars when you exhale and inhale no they don't and God is not obligated to give you a house because you lived holy you can't manipulate God because you did what was right he said this is what is expected of you as a kingdom citizen
1: Doing what's right is what is expected of you. If you've named the name of Jesus, watch this, and have departed from iniquity. Y'all don't like this kind of teaching. Look at y'all. Look. When you depart from something, you don't want it no more. When you depart from something, there's a space between you and it.
0: All right, watch this. So, present your body living sacrifice. I'm just trying to get to one point. Holy and one unto God, reasonable service. Then he says, and how do you do this? By not being conformed to the world. By not trying to be like the world. Because when you try to be like the world, then there's always going to be something in you that kicks up. Because there's a part of you that is, not, that is not holy. It is sinful. So he says, don't be like the world. Because if you try to be like the world, then you're going to mix with something in you that needs to be put on the altar. And you're going to constantly see things come. This is why a lot of, chi- a lot of children of God don't understand consequence. Because, because consequences come because of, of us giving in our carnal, natural nature. Yes, you stole somebody's husband. Now you think, now because you stole their husband and you repented, there's no consequence. There's a consequence because you got this illegally. Come on. Y'all don't like, why is it y'all won't say amen and stuff like that? Consequences come Watch this. When you should have put yourself on the altar and said, this is a desire I have, don't deny, the, don't, don't deny that there is a desire there. That's right. That's right. That's right. Say, that, say this is here. Yes. But, but, but because this is here, I have to put me on the altar. Yes. How do you put you on the altar? He says, by not being conformed or, or shaped like the world. Watch this, he says, watch this, and then allowing your mind to be transformed. This is how you get yourself on the altar. You you have to say, this is the issue, but Lord, I need my mind changed about this. Because that's also how repentance takes place. Repentance takes place when the mind changes, and then there is a a change of direction. The direction will never change if the mind thinks that you're right for going in in the other way. But they don't even want each other no more But they ain't divorced Y'all quiet She didn't see the money drop But you saw it drop And you took the money And as long as they didn't see it The mind hasn't changed It's still called robbery and stealing Y'all quiet and if the mind don't change, you will justify why you are like this, why you're associating with it, why you're doing it, because your mind hasn't been transformed. You haven't been able to get on the altar so God can deal with it. I just want to get to one point. We're going to leave. Says, so watch this. So renew your mind. Now, what happens when your mind is renewed? This is what I want to deal with. What happens when your mind is renewed and you put your body on the altar? Listen what happens. You're going to be able to prove. my Everybody say prove. prove. The word prove here means test, examine, scrutinize. See if something is genuine or not. What is what? The good and acceptable or pleasing and perfect will of God. What God really wants for you. When you present your body as a living sacrifice, your mind is not conformed to the world, transformed, he says, the end result of this is, God's gonna tell you what he really wanted for you behind what you wanted for yourself. So how many times have you wanted something to find out later that's not what God wanted? I'm all for education, but what if you went to school for eight years and God didn't want you to go to school for eight years? Before you went to school, you didn't acknowledge him in all your ways, so he never directed your path. Now you got the degree but can't find a job because you were out of the way of you were out of the way of God. Why? Because he says you will be able to examine and know and understand what God's perfect, good, and pleasing will is for you in everything. So watch this. There's a way that seems right to man. The end of that way is death and destruction. But there's a, there's a way that seems right to God and it comes by presenting your body. Letting your mind be renewed and then being able to examine with God, that's relationship, that's new worship, what do you want from me? I want him, but what do you want? I want to go over here, what do you want? I want this house, but what do you want? I want to do this over here, but what do you Lord, I can make some good money, but what do you want? When you don't wait for him, you're bound to see in somewhere in this timeline death and destruction. Not, of, not, of, not, not necessarily of a person, but of the situation. I gave all of myself to this, and this is where I ended up at? Because you never were able to prove what the perfect design and the will of God was through your worship of him, putting yourself on the altar, and allowing him to deal. Just stand on your feet. We're done. I hope you got something out tonight. Yes. Are y'all learning to worship in a different way? Yes. Lift your hands up. Okay, before you put your hands up. <laughs> Listen, let me say this to you because I heard God say this to me tonight before I came out here. so You can just take all that out. Uh, l- l- let me say this to y'all. Stop. And I want to say this correctly, so it don't give you an out to sin, but stop re-killing yourself for every time you've fallen short. Does that make sense? You repent, your mind changes, your heart changes, you ask God to forgive you. After that, it's not even biblical to say forgive yourself. the Bible says if you confess your sin he is faithful and just to forgive you when most people say I got to forgive myself that's just because the enemy has plagued your mind with personal guilt you don't have to forgive you you got to become more like him <laughs> you can't find it in the Bible forgive yourself you won't find it in the Bible. If you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He'll cleanse you, He'll forgive you. You just gotta get in line with Him and repent. The reason why people gotta forgive themselves because they still ain't repented. They know they're gonna do it again. <laughs> I said, I, I, I only ask God to forgive me because I know I don't wanna go to hell between now and next time I do this. Y'all quiet. Y'all quiet. I don't want to go to hell in between this, this time and the next time I, I fall. Cause I know I'm a formless because I know this ain't out of my system yet. <laughs> Y'all real quiet tonight. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. If I'm telling the truth, just wave at me. Amen. All the people say, hey, amen. You know, you know you really don't want to give it up. You just don't want to go to hell between now and the next time. So you feel the guilt of not really repenting and the truth about that is if you if oh, forget it the, the real truth is if you die you're going to go to hell because you really didn't repent because the repentance is that there has to be a change here which changes this the direction so the Bible said let he who sins go and sin, sin no more he who steals go and steal no more that's repentance no more no more watch this even when I get pulled I'm getting pulled back that's when you got to practice Romans 12, 1 and 2. I'm getting pulled back, but I, got, I have to present my body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, to God. And then I, I have to let my mind. See, anytime you're being pulled into something, your mind is off. Your mind is off. The first thing I do when I feel like I'm being pulled into something, I go straight to tongues. Because the Holy Ghost has to make intercession for me for stuff that I can't deal with by myself. That's why you need the Holy Ghost. With the evidence! Y'all gonna talk here to me tonight. The tongues. You need that evidence. You gotta have it. You gotta have it. You gotta have it. I'll pray with anybody who wants to receive the Holy Ghost. Anytime you want to pray. It don't take five hours. It takes a made up mind. I know people say, you gotta get it the old way. Yeah, there's something to that. But, but But guess what? You ain't got time no more. The Holy Spirit has come. He's here. I know. That, I know that, don't, that that don't sound too, you know, but he's here. They had to go away because the Holy Spirit had to come. We're gonna be Sunday. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be celebrating Pentecost on Sunday with the first time the Holy Ghost fell in the church. That's this Sunday, right? But after he fell one time, he ain't gotta fall again. He's here. Jesus said, "I'm going so that I can send back." He ain't come and go and come and go and come and go. And it ain't no different Holy Ghosts either. We got one Holy Ghost, one Spirit. This is why I don't know how people can't be unified. Because you got a different Holy Ghost. It's one Spirit. One Spirit. Your Spirit may be off. But it's one Spirit. One. Everybody say One. This is why if I got a problem with you, I need to say, hey, hey, let's deal with this because it's an issue because the spirit in me ought to bear witness with the spirit of God in you. And there ought to be something between us that if even if our bodies can't agree, I might have to put my body back back on the altar, but the spirit should be able to agree. I don't care how much me and my wife disagree about something at the end of the day if we stop and go when we come out of tongues we got a whole game plan cause the Holy Ghost downloads stuff to up find a mate that will pray in the Holy Ghost with you find a mate that will pray in the Holy Ghost with you find a mate that you I don't care just, let's just stop and pray right now let's just stop and pray right now that's what you need and if you don't have the Holy Ghost praying, you'll understand it. Father, we need your help. We need your help. Your Word says go right to the Word because that's powerful. Go straight to the Word. But if you got the Holy Ghost, she got the Holy Ghost. One of you got the Holy Ghost. One of y'all going to tongues. You know, you got the Holy Ghost. But when, you, when, your, when your flesh is really off, you don't want to pray in the Holy Ghost. You're like, listen. I ain't praying in nothing. You be, y'all lying. Anybody felt like that? I ain't praying at nothing. You, huddle, 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 all you want to. Listen. But guess what? If you really got the Holy Ghost and that other person start praying, something you're going to start getting convicted. You, oh. Like, can't nobody come to my house and pray in the Holy Ghost and I don't know it. I'm telling you. Okay. I know when anybody in my house is praying in the Holy Ghost, even if they're whispering. I'll tell you about Somebody praying the Holy Ghost right now. you got to be sensitive to his presence. I'll be standing here and I'll be like, someone so just came in the door in the back over there praying the Holy Ghost. i be like, no, nah. they walk right in. The person's going, "What about shadow behind Why? Because I am. You got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. If you don't become sensitive to Him and His presence, His presence they're going to bop you over the head. You be like, "That was the Holy Ghost. Oh wow, I feel I feel His presence."